0: We're so blessed to see everybody showing up in person today. And Hannah, thank you so much for that. That was beautiful. I just want to say a little something. We, uh, The trustees of the church met last week, and we're going to meet again soon, actually this afternoon. And we are just very determined to continue to meet in person and to reach out to the whole world online, for that matter. So we're going to continue doing this and I just want to thank uh, Kim Hines for putting this together and Linda for setting it up this morning. And we're going to continue to teach Bible every single day online. And we're going to use this disruption as an opportunity not just to play defense but to play offense and to move the kingdom forward. And we've been so blessed by that there's been so much fruit. We had an Alpha weekend yesterday that was just beautiful. We had people from all over the continent and uh, lots of different ethnicities and lots of different accents. It was fun to listen to. And so many people got prayed for it to be filled with the spirit and great things happened. And so we want to continue to move things forward. And I just want to thank all of you for continuing to be a part of this. I really believe the church is essential and it's the most essential thing we do is worshiping God. So we want to continue to uh, continue to do that. And we're going to be meeting today, our trustees. So pray for us. We're going to be praying for our 2021 themes. We were going to do that last week, but we spent the whole time trying to figure out how to deal with the new COVID restrictions. And for those of you watching online, what we're doing is we're broadcasting from indoors, but we are sitting outdoors. So the folks out there, everybody's wave and say hello, everybody, so people can sort of tell that you guys are out there. It's uh, we're doing a hybrid type of thing, and it's actually working really pretty well. So we're very blessed by that. But we're going to be meeting today, so please pray for us. We're going to be looking for themes for next year for teaching. So please put in the comments on YouTube or on, on Facebook for some themes you would uh, sense the Lord would have us teach on, some things that would really be meaningful to you. So put those in the comments, and we would love to uh, bring those up to our meeting. We ask the Lord every year about what to teach on and what to to preach on. Well, we're doing a sermon series. We're finishing it on spiritual gifts. And the title of the sermon series is I'm Not Weird, I'm Gifted. And so we're looking at spiritual gifts, and we are finishing our series with the three edgy gifts, the intimidating gifts, the gifts that people are a little bit leery about. Two weeks ago, we talked about healing, supernatural healing. And uh, Woody Young back here has a great healing story. He'd love to tell it to anybody who wants to hear it sometime. When he was young, he uh, had a vision issue and that was healed and it was a really beautiful thing. But we've got a lot of healing testimonies here in the church. Last week, we talked about prophecy, how God speaks to us, and how prophecy is the gift that the Apostle Paul really wanted all of us to operate in if we could. And so uh, prophecy is literally having a direct pipeline to God. And it is just a beautiful, wonderful gift. And we are in the presence of a God who speaks. God speak creation. He spoke creation into existence and just continues to speak to his people. And you might say, well, the Bible is sufficient. We don't need God to speak to us. But the truth is, what parent would give their kids a book and say, now that I've given you this book, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, God continues to talk to us and continues to guide us. The gift of tongues is going to be our talk today. The gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. And next week, Advent starts. And Advent is on the way. And we're going to be talking next week about lamenting. A lot of David's Psalms, probably a third of them, are what we call lament songs. They are songs that, uh, start out with David in pain and describing what he's going through and sometimes being fairly angry at God for not coming through. The book of Habakkuk starts with, how long, O Lord? How long are you going to keep silent? When are you going to come through with your promises? When are you going to do what you said you were going to do? And this has been one of those how long, O Lord, years. So I'm looking forward to uh, our talk next week on that as we slide into Advent and into Christmas. Wendy. Next week, Sunday, oh yeah, I'm turning 60, by the way, next Sunday, so that's uh, kind of a scary thing, but uh, Wendy and I are very much looking forward to celebrating that together, and we're hoping for a really good decade. I had a good friend of mine, Bill Boleyn, wrote to me last week and said, the 60s are the best decade, so enjoy that. So I'm trusting that he had a word from the Lord on that. So today, we're going to look at tongues and interpretation, and we're not going to look at it in the same old, same old way. We're going to apply it to 2020. I think that of all the gifts, this might be the most helpful for getting through a year like 2020. And uh, because, well, you're going to find out why. But this has been a really tough year, and there's a lot we don't understand about what's going on. I mean, who here gathered outside has heard people with opinions in this last year? There's opinions all over the place, and uh, there's pundits on the news and everything else, and everybody's got an opinion, and these opinions are divergent, not convergent. They're going out all over the place. And there are times where we don't know what to pray for. And in Romans 8.26, the Apostle Paul says, there's times where we don't know how to pray, but the Lord prays through us, the Holy Spirit prays through us in groans that can't be... Interpreted into words, this is the gift of tongues, and we're going to talk about this and why it's so helpful for a difficult year, especially a difficult year that lasts a long time. And this year's lasted about a decade. I I just uh, I look at myself, and you know how presidents age. We you see a president take office, and then when they leave, they just age. Uh, Obama aged, W aged. You know the before and after pictures are just remarkable. They're dramatic. I feel like I've aged that much in a year. I look at myself in the mirror, I'm going, holy smokes, this has been quite a year. And in these kinds of years that last a decade, it's good to have a power tool. And probably the most fitting power tool for this goofy year is the gift of tongues. So if you don't operate in the gift of tongues, you don't need to, but it is a power tool that helps. I'm not going to push that on anyone. But... It is extremely useful for times like this. First, we're going to do some vocabulary. Vocabulary, glossolalia. Glossolalia is the linguistic term. I studied linguistics. And linguistics is the study of how languages work and how verbal speech works. Glossolalia is something which we translate. It's a Greek word. It's translated into English as speaking in tongues. Glossa is tongue, excuse me, lalia. it's yeah, literally speaking in tongues in Greek. And glossolalia is something you have done. You have, you have done that. You've spoken in tongues. And every child does until he or she is the age of two or three. You make sounds that are not structured in grammar and vocabulary. Now if you let the Holy Spirit flow through you and you use that ability which may be dormant and use that ability for prayer or prophecy or praise that's what the Bible calls speaking in tongues. Willie Young back there I mentioned him before but uh, he was watching the Ohio State game yesterday and uh, it was a pretty close game and, and Ohio pulled Ohio State pulled it out and I actually I think it was measurable on the Richter scale because because uh, Woody was jumping up and down in Fountain Valley. We sensed it all the way over here. And he was making sounds. And those sounds were, linguists would say, glossolalia. Wah! Just that kind of thing. He was pretty happy about that. It was a close game, well-fought game. And when you cheer or when you laugh, that's also a form of glossolalia. It's expressing sounds without the benefit and the structure of grammar and vocabulary. And when you do that with the help of the Holy Spirit, it is a powerful tool for getting out of your soul those things you can't put into words. And this has been one of those years where there's things in our souls we can't, get, we can't put into words. It's confusing. Who saw this coming? I was standing right here, and Kim was standing right here at the beginning of the pandemic, and I was guessing, and I told her, this will probably last two or three weeks, but we'll get through it. And here we are in moving into December. And who saw that coming? Nobody. And there have been times in this year where I have not known how to pray. I say, what in the world should I pray for? All the political goofiness. And I still don't know what's going on with that. I, I cannot interpret what's going on because it's all over the place. And this, this, this whole virus thing and this, this whole vaccination thing and this, all this stuff going on, And stuff is closed, then it's open, then it's closed, then it's open. Then you know, wear a mask, then don't wear a mask, then wash your hands. Oh, that doesn't help. It it just gets goofy. And there are times where I haven't known what to pray for. Or I've prayed for stuff and I've just gotten tired. I've gotten so tired, I I feel like quitting praying because it just just, seems like nothing's connecting. So glossolalia is, linguistically speaking, making sounds that are not... Usual grammar and vocabulary. They're not internally generated, and they're not connected to any specific thing on the outside. Xenolalia is something else, and both happen in the Bible. Xenolalia is speaking a foreign language that you haven't learned. And missionaries on the mission field have done that without even realizing it. They'll be praying over someone, and they won't have learned the native language, and the person there hears it in his or her native language. That's another thing that happened at Pentecost. People heard the apostles speaking in their own native languages. And that's actual natural languages like Russian, German, those kind of languages, and they get translated and they come out that way. So xenolalia is actually foreign languages, which is related to the gift of tongues, but the gift of tongues is often an angelic tongue, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment. It's not a natural language you can find a dictionary for. Here's the problem. The Bible does not teach a systematic theology of tongues. It just doesn't. In fact, the Bible doesn't teach a systematic theology of much. Because the Bible is not systematic. The Bible is narrative. It is story. Its it's, it's story runs a lot deeper than just scientific whatever. The Bible stories, especially some of the Old Testament stories and Jesus' healing stories, those kind of stories, you hear them once and you remember them the rest of your life. You hear the story of the Good Samaritan. It is such, so perfectly put together, you will never forget it. And you can tell it to people the rest of your life. It's that good. But the Bible is narrative. It's not systematic. And that being the case, Paul doesn't lay out a systematic theology of tongues. Paul is doing what the rabbis call midrash. He is taking truth from the Bible, and truth from Jesus, and applying it to the church in Corinth, which was just... Dysfunctional, very dysfunctional. And you say, Oh, Pastor, nothing like my church. I had such a dysfunctional church. Not that dysfunctional. People got drunk at communion and made fun of poor people while they were getting drunk. I I don't think your church was that bad. And so a whole bunch of stuff was going on there, but he loved them. He loved them, and they were eccentric. And pretty much during their worship services, they were speaking in tongues most of the time. Now, if you walked into a group of people, praying in tongues most of the time, how long would you stay? Uh, it's, it's, well, maybe some of you would stay a long time, but for a lot of people walking in, you think, what is going on here? These people are nuts. These people are crazy. And that's what Paul says. So Paul is addressing a real situation. He's not constructing a systematic theology. He's not laying down the groundwork for all times and all places for the gift of tongues. He doesn't even go there. He is correcting an abuse. And so when you're correcting an abuse, you're not putting forth a positive view. That being the case, there are legitimate views on tongues that differ, legitimate biblical views. And what I'm going to share is my view. You don't have to agree with my view. My view is biblical, but there's views that disagree with me that are also biblical. It all depends on this. It all depends on which agenda you're trying to push. I guarantee you every single opinion on tongues has an agenda, and it's one of two things. It's promoting the use of tongues, or it's controlling or stopping the use of tongues. And I can tell by what you what you say and which Bible verses you use, I can tell which one you're promoting. And people are either trying to shut it down or promote it. And believe me, you can find verses to back up either one of those if you want to. And I just want to come completely open with you folks. I'm here to promote it. And I'm going to look at Bible verses, and the whole Bible for that matter. But I'm going to show how I believe that it's biblical to promote the gift of tongues. Because Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 14.18, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. And he also said, in the same chapter, verse 5, I wish you could all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy. So I believe that what I'm saying is in line with Scripture because it's in line with Paul. I believe Paul wanted to promote the gift. That being the case, I also want to promote the gift. I would like it if everyone prayed in tongues because I believe it's useful, but you don't have to. Nobody has to. Folks, broccoli and cauliflower are useful. Not everybody wants to eat them. That doesn't mean they're bad. Some people don't want to, and some people would rather poke needles in their eyes than than pray in tongues. And that's just fine. You don't have to do it. It's not required. But it is incredibly, incredibly useful. Very useful, useful gift, especially when we don't know how to pray. When we don't know how to pray, it comes in very, very handy. Well, here at the well, the prophetic is becoming our trademark gift, prophecy. We're starting to use it a lot. There's a lot of prophetic prayer. Our leadership meetings, there's a lot of prophetic prayer. We have prophetic prayer before every service. That's something we're doing a lot of. Tongues would help a lot in a year like 2020 if we were to develop that gift especially as individuals expressing things to God which we don't understand. So I've got some questions which people ask me about tongues. What does this sound like? Everyone's different who prays in tongues. Everyone's different. People who pray in tongues use what we call phonemes. A phoneme is a vowel or a consonant with which they're familiar. And they put them together in ways that they wouldn't put together in grammar and vocabulary and it sounds really beautiful especially if you get a group of people singing in tongues together there is nothing like the sound of that it is absolutely spectacularly beautiful it's an angelic language and it just it just yeah, the holy spirit just lives in those kind of praise songs And you may may never have heard anything like that, but it's absolutely beautiful. And people have often asked me, uh, could you just pray in tongues? Well, I will do that for anyone, but I'm not going to do it on a recording. Because that's just weird. I I don't know why that's just weird. I I don't want people taking snippets of that out and putting it who knows where. But I'd be glad to do that in person with anyone so you can hear what it sounds like. And I'm sure there's other people here in the church who would be glad to let you hear what that sounds like. The second one is, do you have control? Am I going to be walking down the vegetable aisle at Albertsons and all of a sudden, bang, it hits me and I'm going to start screaming in tongues? No, you have total control. I've been here at the well, praying with people in tongues, and people have walked into the room and we've shifted right over into English because we don't know if that person's comfortable with it. And that's just pastoral sensitivity towards people. People have total control over it, and a lot of people think, well, I don't have the gift of tongues because it hasn't grabbed me like a seizure. Well, the truth is, you just start doing it. It takes moving your mouth. It takes making sounds, and here's the best way to practice that in my mind. This, remember, once again, this is just all my opinion based on Scripture, based on my agenda, which is I want people to have this power tool. If you can get in touch with those things you don't understand, those deep gut things, things you don't understand about yourself or your situation or what's going on around you, if you can get in touch with those things and then let go of your inhibitions and make sounds that express those things to God and ask the Holy Spirit to do that with you, you will be praying in tongues. And you'll be praying about things which. You don't fully understand, but you will get them expressed. And getting them expressed is incredibly therapeutic. The thing I hear most from people who pray in tongues is they feel so much better afterwards. There's a sense of peace. A sense of peace after praying in tongues about stuff they don't understand. And there have been two or three times in my life where I've prayed over stuff that just messed me over because I couldn't figure it out. And afterwards, after praying in tongues over it, I have no idea what I just said, but I feel a whole lot better. And I got it expressed to God. I got it expressed to God. When you were a little kid in your crib and you wanted up, you put your hands up and you just just made noises. Eventually, you learned to say up. But before that, you were expressing with sounds what what you were feeling, what you wanted from your parents. And we could do the same thing with the Lord. You have control over this. Don't wait to be grabbed by like a seizure. Now, some people, when they first pray in tongues, it's like a gusher. It's like a geyser. It just comes out, and and they just go and go and go and go. For some people, they just step out with one sound and make another sound. And next thing you know, they're connecting those things which we don't know what to pray for into sounds, and they're praying it to God, and a sense of peace is landing on them. And that's a really beautiful thing. Who doesn't want more peace in our lives? You have control. You can start it. You can stop it. And people say, well, it's a gift, so it must just come from the outside and grab you. No, folks, I'm operating in a teaching gift right now. Guess what I have to do? Open my mouth. I've got to stand here and intentionally make things happen. That doesn't mean it's not spiritual. For healing, you have to reach out your hand and what? Put it on someone, like <laughs> hands-on person, and that doesn't doesn't mean it's not spiritual. You take part. You have to take some initiative to operate in this gift. And I really believe everyone can. And you may disagree with me on that, but I believe everyone can because I don't think Paul would say, I wish you all would unless it was possible. And second of all, I think most people who don't speak in tongues simply don't want to, and that's okay. Because people often say, well, I just haven't received the gift yet. Well, have you gotten in touch with those things you don't understand, and have you actually moved your mouth and tried? Generally not. It's really not that hard, because you have used the linguistic capacity of glossolalia. All you have to do is ask the Holy Spirit to pray through you and to get it said. It's really not that big a deal. And it's not some massively supernatural experience. Number three, is it the only sign of spirit-filling? I have people who whisper to me, Pentecostal people, and I'm, I have hopeless, hopelessly hopelessly, Pente, hopelessly incurable Pentecostal tendencies. And I talk to people of Pentecostal background, and they say, is, is she spirit-filled? Is he spirit-filled? And what they mean is, do they speak in tongues? And I think that's inappropriate. Because the Bible tells us how to tell if someone's filled with the Spirit. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is the evidence of the Spirit. Literally, patience, joy, self-control; those things. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, very often people in the Bible, when they got filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke in tongues. But the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit is the fruit of the Spirit. Now we don't have to be judgmental, but we can't be fruit inspectors. You can check it out. You know, is, is this person, is this person uh, operating in the fruit of the Spirit? So if there's a crabby person speaking in tongues, there might be something wrong there. Is it the only sign of spirit filling? No, it's not. It's one of them. What happens in the brain? This is so interesting. My friend, uh, Pastor Dana Hansen, he's a, he's a brain aficionado. He loves to study the brain. And they've done studies, and you can look these up. They've done studies on the brain where they take those pictures of the brain while it's active and you can tell what parts of the brain are active. And when people slip into tongues, they've done huge studies on this of people who pray in tongues. And when they start praying in tongues, guess what turns off in their brains? The language center. The language center turns off. They're operating from their soul or their spirit to their mouth, short-circuiting the mind. They're avoiding them. They're taking a detour around the mind. Who thinks overthinking things gets in the way of our lives? That's that's what keeps us from praying in tongues. Most everybody I know who wants to pray in tongues, who has not been able to, is an overthinker. You have to be able to go around and detour around those things. And you have to be a little bit uninhibited. And it probably helps to be alone out in the woods or out in the surf or something so people won't see you the first time because we get nervous about this. What happens in the brain is your deeper self connects with your voice, and your mind slips away. Paul says this, doesn't he? I'll pray with the spirit. I'll pray in the spirit. I'll pray with my mind also. Secondarily with the mind. First, with your spirit. And Paul says that because it's easier to pray in the spirit than it is to pray with your mind. You might think well, that can't be true. Yes, it is. Pray with your mind's hard work. having this silent conversation with God, who thinks that's easy to maintain? It's not. It's hard work, and it helps praying with the mind if you pray with the spirit. If that makes sense. you pray you pray in the spirit. it will help your praying in the mind. So what happens in the brain is that? what about interpretation? It always has to be interpreted. Well, I don't believe it does, and here's why. You may say, well, that's heresy, Pastor. No, it's not. Let me show you why I think, and this just works for me. You're looking at the elevator in the Bradbury Building. If you've never been to the Bradbury Building, you've got to see the Bradbury Building. It's the coolest building in downtown L.A. It's where they filled... Filmed Blade Runner and tons of TV shows and everything else. It's just a fantastic building built by someone who wasn't an architect. Just just somebody who liked drawing. And a fantastic building. You're looking at the elevator. Which direction can the elevator go? Up and down. That's it. Can it go sideways? No. Left to right? No. Just up and down. Here's what happens. When when I hear glossolalia, when I hear someone speaking, praying, praising, singing in tongues, I ask myself, is the elevator going up or is the elevator going down? God's at the top of the elevator. We're at the bottom. If the elevator is going up, that means a person is praying in tongues, praising God, or singing in tongues to whom? Elevator going up, who's it going to? Guess who doesn't need an interpreter? God does not need your interpretation. If you had an interpretation, you would have used English in the first place. The whole idea, to use Dr. Strangelove accent, the whole idea, the whole idea of speaking in tongues is to have that passing lane when English doesn't work. And when you're praising God in tongues, you can't put that into English because the whole idea is getting out of English, getting around your brain. That's the whole idea. God does not need an interpretation. If you get four or five Christians together singing in tongues, they're singing to God. He does not need help with understanding what's coming up. If the elevator's coming down, it's God speaking to whom? To us. And if someone receives a tongue from God, That's for us. Guess what? It needs to be interpreted, because otherwise it's senseless. So we have to ask ourselves, what's the name on the envelope? Is it going to God or is it coming to us? If it's coming to us, it's prophecy. If it's going to God, it's prayer, praise, and and singing in the Spirit. If it's prophecy, it needs to be interpreted, because otherwise people have no idea what's going on. If it's a message for us that we don't understand, what's the point? And sometimes God uses two people to run a football play, someone who's receptive, who receives it in tongues, and someone who can interpret it and bring it across to people. Two different gifts. It's a prophetic gift in that sense. So yes, you do need to interpret tongues. Yes, you do. But only if it's meant for people, not if it's meant for God. God does not need an interpretation. So how do you do it? Well, I've got a book here. I've got two copies left. I wrote this book on uh, uh, the Holy Spirit. Light your church on fire without burning it down. I've got two copies if you want to get one of those from me today. And uh, also you can get it online. It's on Amazon. But the best thing you could do is practice. Go somewhere where you won't be inhibited. If you're an introvert. And ask yourself the question, which things do I not understand about myself, my life, and things around me? And then ask the Lord to take away your inhibition of looking cool, of having to look cool. And ask him to loosen your tongue. And ask the Holy Spirit to come and pray those things through your mouth to the Father. And the Lord will do that. And step out. And make the kind of sounds you made when you were asking for your parents before you learned English or Spanish or whatever language you learned first. And pray those things. Practice, practice, practice. Most people start with just a few sounds. After a while, it becomes more developed. Mine has become very rhythmic over time. And I, I cannot tell you the level of peace I feel after I've prayed in tongues. It is, there is nothing like it. And if there's ever been a time where we need that gift, it's 2020. Sometimes you just need a passing lane. Wendy and I love to drive out to the desert and we get on the 405 and the 5 and it's all jammed up. And we just love to pop over to the passing lane. Get in the diamond lane and we're just zipping by people. I like to smile at the people I'm zipping by. I don't know why that is. Just wave a little bit and zip zip on by. But tongues is a passing gear. It's for expressing those things we have trouble expressing. And I would just hope that all of you would give that a shot. Make that a part of practice. Now, if you're an extrovert, if you're an introvert, go to a room, be by yourself. If you're an extrovert, ask someone who prays in tongues to pray with you. And just ask the Holy Spirit to, elevator going up, to to speak through you and watch what the person's doing, and say, Lord, I want to do that, and just go along with that. So that's how I learned as an extrovert. Some people learn as an introvert, but there's lots of ways to do this. But the main question is, why? Why would I ever want to do something so weird? And please hear me, nobody has to do this. There's nowhere in the Bible it says speaking in tongues is required. It's just a power tool that God gave us to get us by certain things that are especially challenging. If you've ever raised kids, this comes in handy. If you've ever had trouble at work, this comes in handy. If you've ever had trouble with that fifth diet that you've quit on, this comes in handy. If you've ever been dissatisfied with what you've accomplished in life, this comes in really handy. If you've had trouble figuring out the politics right now, this comes in really handy. If you have trouble figuring out what this COVID thing is about, this comes in really handy. It is a powerful gift for powerful people when they're feeling less empowered. That's the why. If you don't have the why, why bother? But I don't think there's ever been a year that's been better for operating in this gift. I would like you all just to, uh, we're not gonna put anyone on the spot or do anything weird or strange right now, but I would just like everyone to open up your hands. And Lord, I just pray that in the coming week, those people who have received the gift, who have let it go fallow, they've let it sort of entropy. I just pray for those people, Lord, to reactivate that gift. Maybe this afternoon, maybe tomorrow morning. And recommit to to praying in the Spirit, Lord, uh, every day for a few days to get back into the swing of this. And for people, Lord, who've uh, never prayed in tongues, Lord, I pray that you would loosen their tongues. Let them take their hands off the driver's wheel. Like that song says, Jesus, take the wheel. We give you thanks, Lord, for the Apostle Paul who loved praying in tongues. Lord, for people who are afraid churches are going to go off the deep end doing this, Lord, we can't even see the deep end from where we are. Lord, churches fall off the shallow end every week. We pray that you bring us into the deep end, Lord. For praying in tongues, Lord, is, as, as the Bible says, deep calling unto deep. And we pray, Lord, with you by our sides, we not be afraid of the depths. I pray for people, Lord, who really don't want this gift, that they would not feel shamed or pushed into this. Nobody has to do this, Lord. Everybody gets to if they want to. Give you thanks, Lord, for this fantastic, marvelous gift and this whole series on spiritual gifts. We give you thanks, Lord, that you're a father who's right next to us and wants to hear everything on our hearts, even the things we don't understand. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
1: Thank you, House. I always love his teaching on the gifts or especially on tongues because he makes it feel normal, not weird, not scary, nothing like that. I am one that doesn't really operate in the gifts of tongues. I think I've probably done it three times, maybe four in my entire life. Um, And they've always been times of great distress that I've that it's happened. Um, and I am also one that has been shamed for not being able to, not not that I wasn't able to, but that I didn't operate in that gift. And it made me, they tried to make me feel guilty. And I'm going to tell you, it was no one in this church. This was at a event that I had gone to and people were praying over people those speak in tongues and everyone's speaking in tongues, but I wasn't. And so I had a couple of people well, you're not filled. And I'm thinking, really? That's what you're going to tell me? That's not a way to get me to speak in tongues. Um, and so they were praying over me. And if you know me well enough, you know that I'm going to dig my heels in. And there was no way I was going to speak in tongues because they wanted me to. And they were forcing me to. And so that's my stubborn side. And I said, no. And they prayed and prayed and prayed. And they finally gave up because I There was just no, I just looked at them and thought, you guys are ridiculous. I also know people that have been told unless they speak it, they're not spirit-filled. And I had a roommate once who, she was renting a room for me and came in and said, do you speak in tongues? And I said, before I answered, I said, why are you asking? And she says, because my future mother-in-law says if I don't, then I'm not a Christian. Yeah, so her soon-to-be husband said, well, at my mom's church, everyone speaks in tongues, and I do it, but she, he goes, I'm just faking. I just make sounds and babble because I don't want to be looked at or shamed, and it's just really to please my mom. Well, that's not good either because that's being false. And so we had a long discussion. She felt better because she told me if I started speaking in tongues with her, she was running out of the house and never coming back. And I said, no, 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 that's not how it works. So speaking in tongues to practice, the great place to practice, and this is probably where I've spoken in tongues the most, is in the shower. No one can see you, no one can hear you, and there's water pouring over you. And I always look and go, it's like the Holy Spirit is pouring water on me. And it's the easiest place to practice. Seriously, because do you not sing in the shower? All of us, a lot of us sing in the shower or have melodies running in our head or pray in the shower or do something. Speaking in tongues in the shower is a really great place to practice. So tomorrow morning or tonight, whenever you take your shower, practice. Great place to do it. All right, so time for announcements. Don't you love my segues? Um, We want to get to know you. If you are here, if you're outside, there's connection cards on your chairs and all over the place. Put them in the box. Fill them out, put them in the box. Put your prayer requests on that as well because we do want to pray for you. If you are online visiting us for the first time, um, will you private message me or house? My name is Tamara Dorica, house David Householder, and let us know where you're you're, um, visiting from and give us your information so we can reach out to you. And then also, if you have prayer requests, you can private message me or you can go to our prayer wall on our group page and put those in there so that we can pray for you right away. Um, please be praying with us for our November prayers. It was about the election, which is still kind of ongoing. It's like, I just want it over now. Just over. So pray that it just... A conclusion happens. Um, We're praying for our military because November is, um, we celebrate our military on Veterans Day. So um, please pray for that. Pray for our president and our president-elect. And pray for our governor, whether you agree with him or not. Pray for him kindly and gently, lovingly with wisdom and knowledge, for wisdom and knowledge. And then please make sure you're joining us every day for our Bible reading. I can't believe... The Lord gave um, me verses months ago to put for this month. And House and I text back and forth, it seems like, every other day. Did you read the verses today? Did you see this? It's perfect for what's happening today. Um, So um, we want to make sure that um, we're all in agreement. So um, be be praying, be reading your Bible and um also check out House's videos on his Bible teaching. They're about five minutes long and they take a little chunk of the chapter that we read and really dive deep into that. So please join us for that. Um our teacher training is tonight um or this afternoon at 4 p.m. It's on Sun every Sunday, except for next Sunday. It's next Sunday we will not have teacher training because of the holiday weekend. Um teacher training 4 p.m. Zoom is leading people to put their faith in Jesus. So if you want to know, gosh, you know, I've talked to people about God and who Jesus is and who the Holy Spirit is, but I don't, how do you lead them into faith? This is a perfect time to learn. It's super easy, really, and super simple. So, and it's, House helps us make it safe. It's a safe thing to do and talking to other people. So please join us, even if it's the first time, join us today at four o'clock. message house for the zoom link either dm on messenger or you can um get him at hbhouse at com. is that correct house that's correct woo um we have t-shirts if you can believe that you can go to our um website and get a t-shirt ninety nine, and all the proceeds go to us to our church and so um It's a great way to support us financially, but it's also a great way to say, hey, this is my church and this is what I want to show you and come and visit with me because we're still doing services, even if we're outside. I'm going to tell you, for those of you at home, it is a beautiful day here today and it's beautiful outside. Amen, people outside? Amen. I got an amen. woo all right. Um, Tiding, thank you so much for your generosity through all of this. I, it's hard to believe eight months ago that we had to literally shut our doors, but we were still worshiping together online. Um, and we're still doing this. And I remember that conversation. House Kim and I was there too. And we said, Oh, three, three weeks, four weeks at the most. Eight months later, here we are. Um, and you guys have been generous. Generous, generous. We can't even tell you because we as a church have been thriving, not just surviving, but we have thrived through this. And we've been able to make payroll and pay our bills. Um, we were given the opportunity to not pay rent, and we said, no, we want to bless our host church. And we pay, have paid rent and not had to struggle with it. So thank you all for being so generous. So you can write checks to the well at our City. For those of you here outside, put them in the connection box, please. Um, you can go online to our website, to our Faith Life app, to um, uh, our PayPal app, or the PayPal app you can do as well. Um, you can become a Patreon. Uh, go to patreon.com at worldwidewell. Hey, I said it right this time. Woo. Um, you can go to DiveDeepTogether.com. You can text give. There's so many ways. Go to tinyurl.com slash Malachi310giving. And that gives you all the ways that you can um, donate and tie your, your tithes and offerings to us. So I think that's it for us today. We are so thankful for all of you that are joining us online. And for those of you outside, what a blessing it is to see your smiling faces. Um, Thank you for coming, and uh, God bless. Have a safe week. Stay healthy. Enjoy the family that you're gathering with for Thanksgiving, and we will see you back here on Sunday. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Bye.